you want to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, if you're following in the Pew Bibles, that's page 1217. 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by His blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in His great mercy. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And we end our reading at verse 16. May God bless his word to us today. Uh, so this morning we begin a new series uh, called Deep Calls to Deep. Spiritual formation for ordinary people. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are meant to grow into his likeness. Now, that does not mean that we are to physically look like him. We don't actually know what Jesus looked like. In all the four Gospels, uh, when you read through them, uh, you don't actually find anywhere any indication of what Jesus looked like. Now, whenever it says that we are to grow in Christ's likeness, it's more about the personality, the character of Christ, and to grow in the fruit 
of the Holy Spirit. In the wonderful Narnia series, that uh, series of children's books, which is crammed full of theology, in the book called Prince Caspian, Lucy meets Aslan the lion, and she says to Aslan, you seem to be bigger from the last time I saw you. And Aslan replies, every year you grow, you will find me bigger. C.S. Lewis was getting at sanctification there. Every year you grow spiritually, you will find that Jesus grows bigger. His priorities, his desires become our priorities and our desires. He grows bigger in our hearts. And so as we come into this new year, the question for us is, God growing bigger in your heart or smaller? As I said last week, it is rare for us to stay the same. We're always changing. We're either moving closer to God or we're drifting further from Him. And today I want us to look at how we position ourselves for growth, because we will not grow unless we position ourselves for spiritual formation. Later in this series, we're going to be looking at some of the tools and resources that God gives to us to grow, to grow spiritually. And one of those resources, of course, is the Lord's table, as well as what I'm doing now, which is the preaching of God's Word. And later on, we'll unpack those a little bit more about how God changes us and and how we need to access those resources. But before we get there this week and next week, we want to look at some kind of principles of spiritual formation, because if we don't understand these principles of formation, we will not get anywhere near the resources or the tools that God has given to us. John the Baptist, whenever he saw Jesus, at one point he said, he must increase and I must decrease. And in a sense, when we come to faith in Jesus, the self-centered parts of us need to shrink, and the God-centered part of us and the love for others needs to grow. The Bible says that we are born with a fallen nature. We are both a mixture of good and bad as human beings, but we have this bias against God, this bias which is called sin that lives within each one of us. I don't know if you play bowls or not, but I often use the illustration of a bowling ball because a bowl has got a bias in it. So if you just roll the thing straight, it will start to curve away in a certain direction because the bias of the ball will carry it over in that direction, that leaning, that inclination. And so it is with us. We're like a bowling ball. We have got an inclination, but it is an inclination. Even though God has made us, it is an inclination towards sin. It's called original sin. And the longer we go on in our lives without devoting or giving or surrendering our lives to Jesus Christ, the more we start to incline away from God and incline into ourselves. Martin Luther once described sin as being curved in on ourselves. And unless God corrects us by His Holy Spirit and brings us to salvation and to faith in Jesus Christ, we will keep curving in on ourselves. And therefore, I find in my experience that people who are up in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s who have not surrendered their lives to Jesus, it gets more and more difficult, actually. Now, I know it is the Holy Spirit who does the change. But the longer people are drifting away from God and drifting away from acknowledging that Jesus is their Savior, the harder and harder it is for them to see it 
because they become more curved in on themselves. They become more self-centered. That is what sin does to us. And we are growing up in a battlefield. Last week I said that the world is discipling us and it knows how to disciple us very well. And so we are in a battlefield and we need to position ourselves for growth. We need to position ourselves for spiritual maturity in a battlefield. Peter talks about this positioning in our reading. He says at the beginning of chapter one, we are among those who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by His blood. Now, we're going to meditate a little bit on those verses before we come to communion, Uh, but you could do a whole series in that because there's a, a lot of stuff in that one verse or in that one sentence. If we are a believer in Jesus Christ, if we acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, the Trinity has been working in our hearts, according to Peter. First of all, the Father has chosen you. He has called you. He has placed His love upon you. You are chosen by the Father. The Holy Spirit has brought His work to bear in your life. He's begun to show you your sin. He's begun to show you Jesus as your Savior and that you need to be reconciled to God. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. He sanctifies us. He brings us to that place and an ongoing work that keeps going for the rest of our lives. And then thirdly, it is for something. It is for obedience to Jesus Christ. So the Trinity is involved in your salvation. The Father calls you, chooses you. The Spirit sanctifies you and leads you to Christ. And and it is then to follow Jesus. It is to obey Jesus. That is the point of a Christian's life. If you want to use the analogy uh, that we are positioned for growth, once the Holy Spirit changes us, we are then positioned for growth and glory. Uh, It's like in the Grand Prix or the the Northwest, whatever, uh, 200, you're you're, you're placed in the front of the grid. Those, Those people who have performed well, they're placed at the front of the grid for the actual race. And that's what God does for you. He places you in the front of the grid. You are positioned for glory. God has saved you. He has declared you to be His child. You have been sanctified. And so you're positioned in the front row. But then as we begin our lives, our ordinary human lives under Christ, we want to stay in the front row. We want to press on into that position that we have been put in. And so as we apply this truth to our hearts that we start with a life surrendered to God, that God has given us new priorities and new new ideas, He he says, now I want you to keep pressing into that. I want you to be positioned for spiritual formation. I want you to grow. And that is not easy. That is not easy in this world because it is against us. But we walk to a different drumbeat. The world is seeking to disciple us, but we have the resources of the Godhead at our disposal. The Father is for us, the Spirit is working in us, and Jesus keeps saying, come, follow me, follow me, follow me. And so today I want us to, first of all, start here by realizing realizing that we need to keep positioning ourselves for growth, to recognize what God has done for us. 
and then to keep pressing in and pressing on and positioning ourselves for spiritual formation. Because if we don't do that, we will drift into ineffectiveness. In 2 Peter chapter 1, and I think I quoted this last week, Peter says we are to add to our faith, add to your faith goodness and so on and so forth. And he says if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are called into the obedience of Jesus Christ, and this is a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong process. Thus, in 1 Peter verse 13, Peter says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. In other words, when the bias of original sin was leading you away, away, away from God, now God has changed you. He's positioned you for growth and glory. And so there is an intentional positioning of ourselves for growth in Christ's likeness. And we've got to have this desire. If we don't have this desire, we will not grow. We will not get very far. The good habits and the practices uh, that we need to put in place flow from the desire. They flow from the intention. That intentionality needs to be there. And through this series, I will probably use that word quite a bit, intentionality, because we need to be intentional about our growth. Whenever a person wants to run a marathon race, they don't just rock up on the day and say, right, I'm going to give this a go, put on a pair of trainers, and I'm going to run a marathon, because you won't. You will stop after a mile or two if you even get that far. No, you have to train for a marathon. You train. You keep training. And we keep training ourselves for spiritual formation because the Christian walk is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so we need to adopt the posture of readiness. We need to keep positioning ourselves. Paul says in Philippians 3, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Forgetting what is behind, I strain towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize. Do you hear the intentionality? Do you hear the determination that is there? And of course, he would echo what Peter says in verse 15 of 1 Peter 1. Just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. To press on into holiness because that's what God is calling us to do. But the intentionality needs to be there. That needs to be our desire. I want to grow in holiness. Because if you don't have that desire, everything else that we're going to say in this series will just go over your heads because you don't have the desire to grow, the desire to be holy, the desire to be obedient to Jesus and what he's calling from you. And one way of being inspired by that is to recognize that we have been sprinkled by the blood of Jesus. In his death on the cross, he died for me and he died for you. And discipleship is a responding to what Jesus has done, first of all, for us. It's a responding to this call of God the Father upon our lives. 
And today at the table, which we come to in a moment, we have a visual symbol of that. Jesus died for you. He spilt his blood for you. He stepped across into our world for you. And as we recognize the depth of our sin and how there has been that barrier between us and God, we recognize Jesus has bridged the barrier, bridged the gap. And so today is a response. Discipleship is always a response to knowing that we have been sprinkled by the blood, cleansed and set apart for glory. And so as we develop in this series of spiritual formation, and we'll look at things like Bible reading, we'll look at things like prayer, we'll look at things like silence and solitude and and, and the means of grace through which we grow in spiritual formation. And of course, one of, the, one of the major means of grace is church, is meeting together as church. So today will help you in your spiritual formation. It's not the whole story, but it will certainly help you in your spiritual formation. Jesus calls us to follow him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But the way is narrow. The way is narrow. It is not everyone gets it. Not everyone follows it because it does take effort. It's this interesting paradox in the Christian faith, isn't it? The good news is that Jesus died for you. Uh, Jesus has saved you. You are declared to be holy, 100% holy. And yet also, he then calls you to live the life on earth of increasing holiness. Even though you've been declared holy, even though your, as it were, your bank account has been filled with a million pounds worth of credit, he still says, even though you've, you're viewed as holy, you are still got to live in a holy way. You've still got to make the effort to show that you love Jesus, that you're thankful for what he has done for you. Matt Hatch says, you you could say the gospel advances on two frontiers at the same time. It advances to the uttermost parts of the earth, but also to the innermost parts of the heart. The closer we grow to God, the closer we come to fulfilling his purpose for us. Or as C.S. Lewis put it in the words of Aslan the lion who represents Jesus, Every year you grow, you will find me bigger. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning, and having heard your word, we want to recognize that perhaps we have not grown as much as we could have or should have. And maybe that's because life has been tough for us. Maybe it's because we've been listening too much to the voice of the world and what it says is success and happiness. Or maybe we've just drifted, we've become distracted, we've become busy, and we've drifted from you. And so at the beginning of this new year, Lord, we want to position ourselves And there's no better place to start than here with God's people in front of this communion table. And we say, Lord, we want to grow closer to you this year. Our desire 
personally is to grow in holiness. And today, as we take these elements of bread and wine, we want to put down a marker and say, Lord, I want to know you better. And I want you to grow bigger in my heart and my life. Because if I don't make that determination, nothing is going to change. So may this time and the remainder of this service, Lord, be a time where each one of us does business with you. And we say, Lord, help me to grow into the likeness of Jesus Christ. To follow him as the way, the truth, and the life. To say, Jesus is Lord of my life. And this isn't a game. It's a battlefield. It's a war. Come, Holy Spirit, and help us to grow into Christ-likeness, to know that we've been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by His blood. And to you be the glory. Amen.